Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me on this Friday. We've survived yet another week in Biden's America. Congratulations. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please don't forget to follow me on social media on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, plus on Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email to the show. Let me know what's on your mind. The email address is Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Got a lot of your emails and we're getting to them one by one. I do read them all. So shoot me an email, let me know what you're thinking, what's on your mind. Okay, today I want to bring you the latest swamp news, more incestuous links in the Durham-Sussman-Hillary Clinton trial that are not to be believed. I started bringing you this information earlier in the week. It is completely unreal, blows your mind. And you know, this morning I was watching Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business, and she was, uh, she had on Devin Nunes, who's been on this program. And Devin was talking about the connections that I brought to you earlier in the week that the judge in the Sussman Durham Hillary trial, a guy named Christopher Cooper, he's an Obama appointee and he is married to a woman named Amy Jeffress, who was a counselor to Attorney General Eric Holder. And she also represented Lisa Page of Struck Page Lover Infamy. And when Nunes, maybe Devin is listening to this podcast, I hope so. Hi, Devin. Um, Because he raised it with her on the air and her mind was completely blown. She hadn't heard it. She didn't know it. And then I was texting her off the show. Next Tuesday, I'm going to be on her panel for all three hours. And I told her, I said, Maria, let's cover this on your show. And she said, absolutely. So I've got another story 
about the incestuous links here, that is just not to be believed. I'm going to bring it to you. Also, the propaganda press is suddenly very interested in Hunter Biden's laptop and the Biden family corruption. Two years too late, way after the election when it doesn't really matter anymore, at least in terms of the election, but now they're on it. We're going to talk about that. Also, the latest in how Washington's uni party hates your guts, plus, as I said, your emails. All that straight ahead. First up, the Monica memo. I need to begin with some really bad news. I'm sorry, I know it's Friday and we all just want to hang out and be happy, but I must share this unfortunate news with you. Men, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is off the market. Yes, it's true. I know. AOC is now engaged to her longtime boyfriend, so she is spoken for now. You've missed the boat. Sorry, guys. You snooze, you lose. Of course, AOC is a charter member of the Marxist swamp, and now I want to bring you this latest edition of what we call How Deep is the Swamp? We've got more from the Durham-Sussman trial or as it should be called, the Hillary Clinton trial, which, by the way, the propaganda press has been ignoring. The three big networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, have not given it one second of coverage. This is according to the great media research center that monitors the propaganda press. The three big ones have not given this one moment of coverage. They have not mentioned it at all. Remember, they were wall-to-wall with the lies, of course. But the truth doesn't even get a mention. I've been telling you what an incestuous pit the Washington swamp is. It's disgusting how they are all intertwined. Sometimes literally. They're literally married to each other. Or otherwise in bed with each other. So, now there's more. Joe Biden's current national security advisor is a guy named Jake Sullivan. Sullivan was a top advisor to Barack Obama and also to Hillary for a long time, including on her campaign. Now Jake Sullivan is Biden's top advisor on national security, God help us. You want to know why we're in all of these messes abroad? Yeah, it's Biden. But it's also the people around him. Tony Blinken at the State Department is incredibly weak. Jake Sullivan, who's corrupt as hell. This is why. Okay, back to the Hillary Clinton trial. The top Democrat lawyer testified this week. He is a slippery cat named Mark Elias, okay? Mark Elias testified in this trial this week, and he mentioned... Jake Sullivan, as someone at the Clinton campaign, remember, Jake Sullivan was very high up in the Clinton campaign, okay? So Sullivan, this is 2016, Elias mentioned this week in testimony that Jake Sullivan was someone at the Clinton campaign who knew about the Trump-Russia research, which, of course, we know and have known for a long time was a giant pack of lies meant to destroy Donald Trump. 
So Elias says, oh yeah, Jake Sullivan, he was at the Clinton campaign. He knew about all of this. Elias, remember, would give the Hillary Clinton campaign this, quote, research, which they all knew were lies. But get this. Jake Sullivan's wife is a woman named Margaret Goodlander. Margaret Goodlander serves as counsel right now to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Jake Sullivan, up to his eyeballs in the Russia collusion hoax, his wife is counsel to our Attorney General Merrick Garland. She has not recused herself from anything having to do with the special counsel's investigation, nothing to do with Durham. She's not recused herself, and it has been reported that she is also keeping close tabs on the Durham investigation. Well, duh. Of course she is. They're all in bed. Do you see how corrupt this all is? They're all in bed with each other, protecting each other, empowering each other, enriching each other, all at the expense of us. This is why I'm saying, lower your expectations on this trial. The jury has some Hillary donors on it. The judge is an Obama appointee who is married to Lisa Page's lawyer. Jake Sullivan, a key player in the Russia hoax, pushed it, knew it was lies. He's married to a top lawyer for the attorney general. It's all so gross, guys. It's all so grotesque, so corrupt and disgusting. This is how you get a two-tier justice system. This is how you get an unequal application of the law. This is how you get deeply entrenched corruption. Right here. With all of these swamp creatures who are all on the same side politically and ideologically, and all of whom are friends or lovers or both, all working together to weaponize the government against you, to empower and enrich and protect themselves. That is the depth of the corruption. That's how deep the swamp is. And that's exactly why the next Republican president needs to destroy the swamp, not just drain it. Trump had that great line about draining the swamp. And yes, we took to it because we knew what it meant right? We meant drain the swamp from all of the the corrupt creatures and all of the corruption, drain it so that there was none of that left. And that was a great line. And Trump really tried. He tried. But the empire always strikes back. Always. Look at what's happening to Elon Musk now. And I tweeted this the other day and put it on True Social. The the president um, was the key target of course, and he remains the key target because they're afraid he's going to run again, which he's probably going to. But Elon Musk, think about what is going on with him. He's the new Trump, at least for the moment, posing an existential threat to all of these people who are in it for themselves to weaponize all of the forces of government against you, turn it against you for the bigger project of remaking the country. 
and Elon Musk dares to stand up and say, hey, I believe in free speech, should not be a controversial statement, right? But it is, and they're pulling out all the stops to try to destroy him. The empire always strikes back. And it's powerful enough to do so because it controls everything. It controls all the levers of government, including the military, law enforcement, the FBI, the DOJ, very powerful forces, the IRS. And it also controls the propaganda arm, the propaganda press. So they control everything. You're going to try to go up against the empire. It takes a really strong and powerful individual like a Donald Trump or like an Elon Musk. Hard to take on the richest person of the world. They're trying. You saw this ridiculous sexual harassment allegation. It's, this is just the tip of the iceberg. They've got Tesla under investigation. They've got all kinds of things going on. The good news is it looks like Musk is taking it all in stride and nothing really bothers him. He's like, hey, man, everything is out there about me. What are you going to do? You know, we need that kind of fearlessness. And not just from the Trumps and Musks of the world, but from all of us. We all need to get on board and be that fearless if we're going to win this thing. But all of these stories that I bring you about the Sussman-Durham-Hillary trial and the incestuous pit that the swamp is, guys, this is the depth of the corruption. That's how deep the swamp is. And that's exactly why the next Republican president, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whomever, they need to actually destroy the swamp, not just drain it, nuke it. It cannot be reformed. It cannot be reined in. It must be nuked out of, out of existence. The country cannot go on like this and hope to survive as a functioning republic. That's the left's goal, to destroy it as a functioning republic and turn it into a Marxist, a communist uh, backwater. That's their goal, with them in charge, by the way. They have no intention of living in slums or, or being in the kind of misery and poverty that they will inflict on you. Oh, no, no. Every communist nation on earth has always had the vanguard, which is what Marx and Lenin talk about. The vanguard is the elite ruling class that knows better and is bringing the country and the people along to full communism. They're the ones with the dachas on the Black Sea. They're the ones with the expensive jewelry, watches, cars, drivers. They never give that up. Oh, but their their heart is in the right place because they're bringing you to a more egalitarian system called communism. But they have no intention of actually living the lifestyle of communism. They just mean that for you. This is what this is all about. They want the destruction of the republic. And that's why it's up to us to fight back. Okay, when we come back, more swamp news and how the Uniparty always unites against you. More on that coming straight up. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. 
I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. Speaking of the swamp, while you were out there struggling to pay for groceries and gas and you can't find formula to feed your baby, the Uniparty just voted yesterday to approve yet another $40 billion to Ukraine for a grand total so far of about $58 billion. Do you guys remember when Donald Trump came to Congress and he said, I need $25 billion to build the wall. He just wanted $25 billion, which in the grand scheme of the federal government and its budgeting is literally nothing. I mean, it's $25 billion, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I'd love to have $25 billion, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I'd buy shoes first, then a plane. What would you guys do? Send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. If you had $25 billion, what would you spend it on? Um, well, after the government takes half, of course, um, shoes and a plane for me, let me know. Um, so he went to Congress, he asked for 25 billion for the wall. And he said, look, we have no country. If we don't protect our national sovereignty, we cannot keep having these kinds of illegal alien invasions. So give me 25 billion to build the wall. Remember in the first year or so, two years, Donald Trump had a Republican Congress, a Senate, and the House. But who was leading the House of Representatives at the time? Oh, that's right, Paul Ryan. And so the Republicans said no to that. And then, of course, later, Democrat would, the Democrats would just have no problem stopping this, and they did. So Trump could not even get $25 billion for the wall. They were like, oh, we can't afford that. Aren't you a deficit hawk, Trump? (laughs) They threw every obstacle at him possible. And it it was simply because they didn't want to build the wall. They wanted the influx of of people coming in. And the Republican establishment's just as guilty. They wanted the cheap labor. They still do. And the Democrats want to flood the zone so that they can get all these people on a track to uh, citizenship and voting. and, And they think voting for them. The great irony is, of course, and we keep mentioning this and we're going to continue to because the trend line is so significant, 
that Hispanic voters in the country are trending Republican big time. So the great irony is they're letting in all these millions of people thinking they're ultimately going to vote for them. I don't think so. I think the majority is going to end up voting Republican. Anyway, so Trump goes, says, I need $25 billion for the wall. They say, hell no, we can't afford that. But now we've got a grand total just in this year of $58 billion being earmarked for Ukraine. They're now spending about $100 million a day on Ukraine. Now, I am always disgusted with the Democrat communists, but on this, I am particularly disgusted with the Republicans in Congress. You know, the party that pretends to stand for fiscal responsibility? Sure. They let the $40 billion just this week in Ukraine relief, they let that pass without a single dime, forget dime, a single penny of offsetting cuts elsewhere in the $6 trillion federal budget. So they're spending $6 trillion. Rand Paul, who is an absolute hero of the republic in so many ways, Rand Paul stood up and he said, number one, I want an inspector general watching this money like a hawk because we need to know where $40 billion is going. Perfectly reasonable ask and Democrats and Republicans, the uni party, got together to kill that provision. How do you like that? They're not even watching your hard-earned tax dollars, and they don't care. That's the truth. They really just don't care. So uh, Rand Paul also demanded cuts in other spending, and he wanted this audit of this Ukraine money, but he also demanded offsetting co- uh, cuts in uh, in this he said okay you want 40 billion to go to ukraine give me 40 billion in, in savings in other places by the way that 40 billion dollars that's one quarter it's just one quarter of the money that was stole stolen that's just one quarter of the money stolen from the unemployment program okay this is what we're talking about here to offset the costs of this $40 billion would require less than a 1.5% cut in all other discretionary programs. Not a big deal. And instead, Democrats and even most Republicans voted to run up spending and debt. So this bill uh, is full of uh, corruption waiting to happen. This is the swamp. This is like the ultimate swamp bill. This bill gives $17 million to the USAID, which is one of the most corrupt government programs in the budget. There are hundreds of millions of dollars in here for the State Department, including about $190 million for the State Department's diplomatic assistance program, and even millions more. Are you ready for this? For the CDC. I mean, come on, guys. In the wake of what we have just been through in the last two and a half years, with all of the CDC's corruption and disastrous policies and lies regarding COVID and lockdowns and masks, the CDC's budget should be slashed, not fattened up with this kind of money. How is any of this spending helping the Ukraine freedom fighters? The answer is it's not. You know that the Ukrainian people will never see a dime of this. No way. No way. This war 
like all modern wars, is just a money laundering operation for the ruling class, right? The swamp gets richer while you get poorer. These are your elected representatives. And if you could see me right now, I'm using air quotes with my fingers around representative. These are your representatives, but they don't represent you. They represent themselves, not your interests, theirs. Joe Biden, who wants as much money as possible flowing into Ukraine, got tens of millions of dollars from Ukraine, which is why he wants as much money as possible going there both as a thank you to them for their largesse over the years to him and Hunter and the rest of the Biden crime clan and as a way to keep the money spigot open for himself and all of his swamp fellow travelers. Guys, this is textbook corruption. It doesn't get much more obvious than this, right? Once again, they accuse Trump of what they themselves were doing, what they themselves are doing, what they continue to do. Biden engaged in outrageous influence peddling as vice president, and now even more so as president. Yesterday, NBC News ran a story about Hunter Biden's laptop and emails and all the corruption there. Uh, There's a guy named Tom Winters. Uh, He's up on Twitter. You can go check out the piece now. But he's running it two years too late. The New York Post, prior to the election, it was October of 2020, ran the initial story. They were the ones who broke the news. And, of course, they got smeared, attacked, and suspended from social media. Remember, Twitter threw them off and said, you know, we, we can't verify this. This is, is too much. And you're, you, this is disinformation. They threw them off. Turns out it was all superb reporting. The story was exactly right. And all the other media just piled on the New York Post, piled on others trying to report the truth and said, oh, we can't verify this. What are they doing? This is a smear attack on Biden. Well, They also let Biden's lies go in all the debates. Well, I don't know anything about my son's business dealings. He's right there in photos with Hunter and his business partners who were from China and Ukraine and God knows where else, Russia. Again, everything they accused Trump of doing, they themselves were guilty of. They're masters of projection, turning it right around on the other side as a way to to insulate themselves from their own crimes. But NBC puts out this story yesterday, gosh golly, the Bidens, Joe Biden got about $11 million from foreign entities, or Hunter did rather, excuse me. Hunter got $11 million in five years from 2013 to 2018, $11 million bucks flowed into Hunter from these foreign entities, including, yes, Ukraine and China. I think China was about $5.8 million bucks. Again, they're reporting this now when it's long past the election, doesn't really matter anymore, but it does matter. It does. And I put this up on Twitter uh, yesterday. I put up the NBC story. And I said, well, you know, it's nice that uh, NBC and some others in the propaganda press are suddenly interested in Hunter's laptop. But why is that? And on Twitter, I wrote, is it because A, 
they know that an indictment of Hunter Biden is coming. Remember, there's a grand jury looking into all of this. Again, way too late, but better late than never. So maybe the press is starting to hear that Hunter Biden may in fact be indicted, money laundering, whatever it is. Oh, oh, and I forgot to mention, a couple of these firms that forked over all of these millions to Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family are under investigation for bribery and fraud. So maybe members of the propaganda press understand that an indictment is likely, it could be coming down the pike here, and all of a sudden now they're like, oh, holy crap, we didn't report this uh, when we should have two years ago, so we better do it now. It's a CYA, cover your ass move. Or B, the leftist powers that be, the power brokers in the Democratic Party, they want Joe Biden gone. And so they're allowing all of these stories now to come out. Or is it both? I happen to believe it's both. I think we're going to get an indictment. And I also think that the Democrat power brokers want Joe Biden gone gone so that they can replace him. And if that's the case, then you may see even more of these stories. But guys, the corruption runs so deep. And now they don't even pretend to cover it up. It's all in the open because they know the press will cover for them until they don't, until there is a bigger agenda like I just mentioned, and then it's sort of game over. But again, that's an indication of how deep the corruption is. That's what a stinking, rotten pile of smoke and garbage this all is. And that's why I keep saying it all has to be dismantled, pulled up, root and a branch. No tinkering around the edges, no reforming it. You've got to nuke it all. All right, when we come back, we're going to look ahead to the midterms and President Trump and beyond. Sit tight. I'm Monica Crowley. All right, welcome back. You know what, you guys? I am thinking about starting a new segment on this program called the Complaint Department because I've got many pet peeves, (laughs) many pet peeves, and I'd love to share them with you and see if you also share these pet peeves. But the one that I want to kick off our first Complaint Department with is something that continually drives me nuts And there are a couple of different aspects to this, but it really, it it drives me crazy because I was not raised this way and it just is so rude. So our first rant in the complaint department on this very first complaint department segment is the fact that people do not get back to you. Have you noticed this? This has been going on for quite a while. You'll send an email or a text, or you leave a voicemail for someone, and they do not get back to you. I absolutely hate this. Now, if someone wants to ignore you, you know, that's one thing, but it's, it is so incredibly beyond rude. If the news is bad, let's say you email or call or text someone with a request. Hey, can you do this? Can you you have dinner? Can you do X? Can you do Y? And the answer is no. Just let me know that the answer is no. It's fine. I'll be able to handle the news, but just let me know. 
But this kind of ghosting that's done all the time where people just don't respond at all and then you have to follow up, especially if it's in a professional context, this makes me even crazier because if you're requesting information or you're requesting an interview or something else like that, you expect an answer. Again, even if the answer is negative, even if it's bad news or a no, that's fine. We're adults. We can handle it, but I need the information so I can move on and I can go in a different direction or turn to someone else, but I need to have that information. And what I really hate is when it's on you to follow up because they haven't responded. So now you're the one, now it's more time out of your schedule. You got to go back on the email or the text or pick up the phone and continue to reach out. And you know, you start polite, right? Like you start like, hey, just following up on, on the below, you know, then you, you attach your email below. Hey, just following up on the below, um, just want to see if, you know, you're, you're still into this or if you'd like to do it, please let me know as soon as possible. No response. Now you got to send a third email, which eats up time out of your day. And now you're back and, hey, just, just wanted to follow up on this again. Are you still interested? Would you like to do Right. And then no response. Finally, by like the fourth attempt, you're getting rude right? You're like, hey, I've emailed you three times. Do you think you could let me know about this? So what what happens is they actually turn you into the rude person, which you're not, but their bad behavior has turned you into that. Oh, it makes me so insane. You know, I was raised to get back to people Again, if, if it's information that they don't want to hear, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you say it in a diplomatic and a polite way, but you turn them down, but at least you get back to them. I was also raised to write handwritten thank you notes, which I also still do. And I'm sure you do too, because you're listening to this program and you're a good person. But we're living in an age now where nobody does this anymore. Nobody gets back to people and they just let it hang. And I also think since the vast majority of people are not returning emails, texts, and phone calls, since nobody is doing this, the people who do stick out like a very nice sore thumb. It's like, oh, I heard back from this person. Thank you. (laughs) When that's the bare minimum that people should be doing. The bare minimum. This is social lubricant, right? This is just common courtesy. It it is human courtesy to get back to someone who has reached out to you. This is what keeps society flowing. This is why uh, politeness and courtesy and opening the door for someone and getting back to them, returning a phone call. This is what made Western civilization, human society work for thousands of years. Even cavemen got back to each other. They knocked on the next cave and said, hey man, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten back to you yet, but here's my answer. And then go back to the cave. That's what made society work, this kind of social contract with each other. 
but it's all broken down. And so much of it has to do with younger generations and social media. And I know like I am sound like the, the old man outside on his lawn. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. But it's true. This, this is all contributing to the breakdown of society. When someone gets back to you, it's a good thing. And it's like, oh, thank you so much. Like I said, but that's the bare minimum of what they should be doing. But because nobody is doing it, um, you, we've all like sort of come to expect it. We're all left hanging. This has happened to me a couple of times this week, and it just drives me crazy. And the component to this that also drives me nuts, nobody apologizes anymore. Have you noticed this? Nobody apologizes anymore for bad behavior. So when they don't get back to you, they don't then, if you, when you see them and say, hey, man, you know, you never got back to me on this, they never say, oh, man, I'm sorry. I had all this stuff going on. Or, oh, man, I never got the text. Or, oh, you know, that was a really crazy week at work. And so your text must have gotten buried. And I'm really sorry about that. You never get an apology. Ever. I mean, once in a while, you know, people were raised right, like you and me. Um, Once in a while, you'll get an apology, but it's rare. It's rare. So when you confront them and you're like, hey, man, you never got back to me. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what you get. (laughs) Have you noticed this? And you're like, um, you, you left me hanging. You wasted my time. You know, you you threw my whole schedule into upheaval. And they're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do you want to hang out next week instead? This is what you get. (laughs) It makes me crazy. And I I always apologize if I let someone down or haven't returned a call or maybe I apologize too much. But I was raised in the context of courtesy, that, it, you know, if you're interacting with someone and in some way you let them down, you apologize for it. And again, this is what keeps society going, but you don't get it. And the other thing I've noticed too, especially with like millennials and younger, if I'll say, um, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry about that. I, I didn't see the email. I get back in response, you're good. Do you guys notice that? That is a turn of phrase of like millennials and like Gen Z. You're good. And I feel like saying, I know I'm good. I'm trying to apologize to you for, you know, missing something. Oh, you're good. I know, I know I'm good. Anyway, uh, I needed to go on that rant. This is our first complaint department segment. Let me know if you like the segment by sending me an email to monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. Also, let me know your pet peeves because we could have some fun with this. I've got another one that I'll share maybe next week on one of the shows that absolutely drives me nuts. So again, monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your pet peeves and let me know if this particular thing of people not getting back to you drives you crazy like it does to me. It's so rude. I think we need to go back to the Gilded Age where everybody was in gloves and hats and said, yes, please, and thank you, and got back to you in a timely fashion. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. All right, sit tight. We got your emails coming straight up. (laughs) 
All right, guys, welcome back. And we are at the tail end of a yet another fantastic show. We're going to dip into the email bag here. Don't forget to send me an email, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, I see them all. I read them all. So keep them coming. All right. Uh, Antonio writes, Monica, I agree with your comments regarding how deep the swamp is and that it must be drained. However, for this to even start to happen, we must have a fearless leader. And, and here, Antonio means someone who is willing to put it all on the line. He writes, we do not yet have such a leader. Well, I don't know, Antonio, Trump was pretty fearless. I think in term one, he didn't quite have a full grasp on how deep the corruption was and how powerful the deep state and the swamp and the empire really are. Um, I think if he runs again, he's going to be a lot wiser to all of this and wiser about the people around him, who he listens to and what he gets done. I'd also say, Antonio, that Governor DeSantis is also pretty fearless. And um, I I think they both now know what the threat is and how the empire always strikes back. And I think both Trump and DeSantis are both willing to put it all on the line to destroy it. Thank you, Antonio. Okay, Jen writes, hello, Monica. Although I was not familiar with your work prior to just a few weeks ago, I am so glad that I had the opportunity to learn more about your career and experiences. Thank you, Jen. She continues, the podcast hits the nail on the head. Many people like me for many years were busy working hard and long hours, having and raising children and all of the other wonderful trappings of middle-class life in America. I depended on the same local news and Good Morning America for catching up on events of the day. I always felt like if I was doing my civic duty of researching and voting for the candidate that I felt best supported my values and what would be best for the country or community, I was doing the right thing. And if the party or candidate that I voted for did not win, then my view was just not the winning view. Accept it and move on. She continues, surely regardless of who won, that our elected officials would work on behalf of all of us to make good policies and laws for the greater good. And then she she tells me about how shocking it is to, to learn that that's not in fact true. And then she goes on, the Republican Party has a huge opportunity to make positive change. Republicans need to find a way to continuously show by way of policy and action, that they are now the party of the middle class and the party of all family values across the cultural socioeconomic spectrum. School choice, healthcare choice, social justice reforms, continuing what Trump started. Show communities how years of poor policies have not only done nothing to improve their lives, but have made it worse. And then she concludes, thank you for all of the time and effort that you put into the podcast and other media. Very sweet of you, Jen. Thank you. Jen also says, like the new music. Finally, she writes, I am not a nut, just frustrated and fearful that a lifetime of work, saving and sacrificing will leave many families and future generations paying the true cost of disinformation and poor policy decisions. Best regards, Jen, wife, mom, taxpayer, employee, volunteer, thought criminal. Well, Jen, uh, first of all, I wanted to read a a big chunk of your email because I thought the sentiments in there were so important. And I want to thank you for this very thoughtful note. 
you are 100% correct. And I want you to know you are not alone. The rest of us thought criminals, we think this as well. It's what gave rise to President Trump and Ron DeSantis and so many others. It's what gave rise to the America First movement, which is alive and well. Have hope, okay, Jen, because we will win in the end. But it's going to be a very heavy lift. It's going to be a tough go. And it's going to take all of us to band together and demand this of those who profess to lead us. And it's going to take all of us getting involved locally and putting the pressure on not just our political leaders, but our cultural leaders too. I know it's an uphill battle, but we can do it. I know we can because we're Americans. Okay, thank you so much. Keep those emails coming. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you right back here on Monday for another dynamite week of shows. Big things planned for next week, so don't miss a minute. <laughs>